Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hello Egg Chasers, it's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. Back in the Rugby Dungeon, I'm Tim with barefooted OnlyFans favourite JB. Hello Tim. And with Phil. Hello Tim. He's wearing some quite chunky footwear, in fact. Trail shoes. There you go. Where have you been, where have you been walking slash trekking today? Uh, round Ashton Ikea. <laughs> Ooh, hello. <laughs> word. What did you do to, on a Sunday, mate? What did you do to it, deserve that? It's actually not that. We only went uh, quite late on for, um, for missed the second half of the game just to pick up some um, some furniture for the loft. So when you saw Rashford had scored, you thought they've got this. Let's, let's go. Let's go get some <laughs> well, furniture. I think it went Leicester Tigers game. Yeah, Leicester Tigers game. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, it was the Leicester Tigers game. Tea. I saw the first... Sorry, I thought it was an empty cup. <laughs> <laughs> thought it was the... Um, so, yeah, saw the first half of the Leicester Tigers game, which we will get on to oh, you in, this, in this pod or the, the next pod. In this, this pod. This pod. Yeah, tell everyone what's on this pod, Tim. This podcast is our domestic podcast. Uh, so we, we were debating splitting the podcast this week into on-field and off-field because there's a lot of stuff going on off the field. However, we're going to draw the line between domestic grassroots... And yeah, what domestic and grassroots rugby, it, on field and off field, and we'll have a, a separate international podcast with all the shenanigans going on uh, in the Wales camp, and also looking ahead to the fixtures this coming weekend in the Six Nations. That's on the other podcast, which is why you need to hit subscribe in your feed. Uh, you need to tell your mates, and if you appreciate the podcast, the fact we're there for you, fifty-two weeks of the year into our tenth season, uh, then you can support the podcast, keep the lights on. I show your appreciation by going to patreon.com forward slash egg chasers. Thank you to all, all our patrons. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll endeavour to get through some emails as well. In fact, there was one, JB. I'm just going to check whether it was international rugby related. But it did say it started with JB is correct. Finally. Because you, you <laughs> were, do exist. You were, you were accusing me of deliberately sabotaging. I'm saying the curation of the emails is somewhat suspect. <laughs> well, it says, uh, here we go. JB is right. I'm looking for it. There JB is right. Agreeing with JB. It's from Aaron. Hi, Aaron. And Aaron said, contact edchasers at gmail.com. Love the pod, blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to say JB was right when he said, oh, yeah, I just want to say JB is right. When he said, quote, he obviously hasn't been told to F off enough in response to Mike Bubbin's tweet about the tackle height. There you go. There's there someone you go. saying you were right. <laughs> he says, uh, however, I also think 
you guys do a great job in policing JB's sweeping statements. And he gives a, he gives an example. Can't wait. Do you remember what your response to this was, Phil? Uh, JB said, quote, Richie McCall's performances were dropping off towards the end of his career. To which Phil replied... I can't remember what win I said. Cup, like, he did, he did win the World Cup with his final game. Exactly that. He, well, <laughs> <laughs> they did drop off. Two things can be true at once. <laughs> um, well, who's got any news? I, I, I might kick off with some news. How's that? Um, is this Talk H news? It's local rugby news. I can't wait to get into Talk H news this week, but go, yeah. go ahead with something else. So we found out this week that the two Lancashire RFU councillors have decided to step down. Now, I think they're term-limited rather than stepping down. Sure. But they're all so, going. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which, I mean, it's not to say they've not been brilliant servants like, like, the game. Like Nicola Sturgeon and uh, Jacinda Ardern. Exactly. Have just decided to step, stand down. <laughs> I don't know why that is, anyway. Um, <laughs> yes, so they've decided to uh, step, step down, which means the two Lancashire council councillor roles are up for grabs, which is exciting. So I put my application in today. I uh, have been forwarded, of course, by the mighty Talk H, and seconded by Burnage Rugby Club. So I'm now yeah, doing the, very good. Yeah, so thank you to Burnage for for, for their help. What, and uh, what happens now? Do you know well, how many pe- other people are in for it? No, I've got no idea. So uh, I mean, it's an interesting one because nobody. I've never thought about the RFU Council. I mean, well, I JB Twenty Twenty, yeah, your like, campaign. Don't as, a, as a joke, we're looking. When I say I've not thought about it, like as a joke, he's saying, "Yeah, uh, let's do that. Let's go all to, uh, go to all the Twickenham games. Let's do this, that, mm. and the other. Five star hotels, yeah. expenses, yeah, you know, things which are really important." Um, <laughs> but you don't really understand what they were doing. And the best thing about the tackle height debate is now we understand that they were meant to be representing us, and they weren't doing that, mm. and they never have done that. And it occurred to me that I have never. I have never encountered my RFU councilman. Never. And only if I never encountered him. I was talking to um, rug- senior rug- rugby administrators in multiple clubs this week as I'm you know, doing lots of phone calls. And I'm like, what, we get a vote on this? Like, <laughs> most of them don't even know. So you've got this system which, and people say it's not fit for purpose. Sorry, it's not for, fit for its purpose. Um, but actually, maybe... They just don't know how the system works. I think mm. it's really important. So I don't think, and I don't want to say the councillors have not been doing their job or not been. Oh, now now the politician yeah, is not, coming out. Not, <laughs> not being, yeah, not being great servants to the game. But on this particular yeah. case, they absolutely have not listened to their constituents, so, and I think that's terrible. We, we said this uh, a couple of months ago when, they, or a month ago when this all kicked off. They have, uh, they've it, been derelict. Oh, what are the, dereliction of duty. The dereliction of duty. They've they've ignored the fundamental purpose of their role. Yeah, they absolutely have. Mm. Uh, but it's it's really interesting to see that so many clubs don't know who these guys are. They don't know they have got a vote. I mean, there's lots of things going on here. So yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I don't even know really what people expect from the councillors. I mean, as long as rugby's on on the weekends, I expect nothing from them. That's kind of how I'd like it to go. So. Have you actually applied now? I have. My application has gone in. How's fundraising going? Uh, we've got a, a team of volunteers hitting the phones <laughs> all all the time. So yeah, fundraising is going great. Fantastic, absolutely well, fantastic. Let, let me know where I can uh, contribute to your campaign. I bet, well, you, you've got a, you've got a podcast to get your message out there as well. Well, that's exactly right. Ten years, ten years of, of this, it's finally going to be worthwhile, JB. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, more local rugby news. The um, 
the top of the, the other top of the table clash. And this isn't the top of the table clash because top of the table are Liverpool St Helens who yeah. handily beat Lee. That's right, but you had a big game. It was second v third. The the Metropolitan Club of Didsbury Tock H with its multi million pound catchment area against the Parish <laughs> of Tarleton. <laughs> I tell you what, don't do not be writing off Tarleton. They are a cracking team and a cracking club. Uh, and what was the result? Ready for it? Yeah, nine eight. Three pen, no tries, three pens. Yeah, wow. the way it should be. The way it should be. Wow. So True rugby. Zero tries to one. Zero tries to one. I'd tell you what, they were good. They were, were so they? good. Yeah, they were... Uh, in fact, I'd go so far as, as, as far as to say they were too good. Because, do you know when poker players say that it's very hard to play against amateurs because you just don't know what they're going to yeah, do? They'd be absolutely yeah, yeah. wild. Yeah. Well, they were so organised. Like, you just so you kind of had a feel for what they were going to do because it made sense. Yes. Uh, and too predictable. Yeah. And I think we were exactly the same way. So mm. I think we were looking at each other like we're basically playing each other here. Yeah. So it can- yeah. we cancelled each other out completely. Um, Tarleton came very mob handed. So they stayed for a few beers afterwards. Some absolute great lads there. Uh, and it made me think about the difference now between level six and level seven. So this level seven league that we're in. There are so many good clubs. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. So you've got you know, the likes of Widness, who just play rugby in exactly the right way. Tarleton, you talk to the c- committee, and how... You know, when a committee is really ambitious, it rubs off on, on everyone else. Mm-hmm. When they're saying that the correct things, like, we are ambitious, we want to do this, we want the, play, the, the club to go somewhere, you can feel that enthusiasm like throughout the entire squad. Mm-hmm. It's a really simple message. We want to do well, and everyone follows along. You, know, you look at the work of Aspel trying to get you know, those rugby league lads in, gone from one team to three teams. So in level seven, what you're seeing is a lot of clubs that want to rise through yeah, and be yeah. ambitious. And I hate to say it, I think in level six, you're starting to get these sort of declining forces who've forgotten their purpose. They're relying on their history. I think a little trip to level seven probably do... Do, do them well. Well, speaking of a, a trip to level seven, have a listen to this. Uh, Digby from Leatherhead. Hi, Digby. Uh, he says, uh, if you can shout out the Leatherhead and Effingham Eagles, that'll be class. There you go, go, Eagles. Well done. Go, Eagles. Um, so, he said he's um, he went to actually watch some local rugby. After listening to us, he was inspired to go to his local club whilst visiting his parents for the weekend. And uh, he went to, they moved to Bury St. Edmunds, and he, he saw that Dorking RFC, who neighbor who were his, Leatherhead's neighbours were travelling to Bury St Edmunds for a game uh, exhilarating Bury St Edmunds going four tries to nil down within the first 20 minutes fought back with some real let the boys play attitude to pull level at 44 all two minutes before the full time whistle and then um, Bury managed to work there Bury St Edmunds managed to work their way up the field for uh, a last gas penalty so a bit of grassroots rugby love it Uh, some of the games right if you get two good teams brilliant get this though Oh. A team showing such good spirit in game management for the last 60 minutes anyway is coached by the younger brother of a very well-known high-profile current player. Can you guess? George Ford. Um, um, uh, jo- um, Jacob Ford. Jacob Ford, correct. Yes, I know he's coaching it. <laughs> I know my local rugby boys. <laughs> very good. Wow. Right, we have got, um, in terms of oh, briefly wrapping up some off-field issues, we we'll, we'll need to find out how my boys Marlow got on, by the way. I don't know, actually. And Aylesbury. Well, I'll, we'll, we'll work on that. But... Um, so we've got we've got a few off the field issues. So we'll try and be brief with these. But Ealing got the door shut on them on potential promotion. Uh, yes. Only only Doncaster, Doncaster. fulfilled the yeah. excessively stringent cartel like demands <laughs> that the RFU place on clubs. It's I 
I have to admit, I'm more on the RFU side than not on this one. Oh, right. Okay, so, I see. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see. Now you've, oh, yeah, my now goodness. It's not going to be like this, mate. Oh, this oh, this oh, could oh, be the end of the pod. Uh, <laughs> I agree with the RFU. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so I, I think there is good reason. Well, I think there was originally good reason to have standards for for these clubs. You know, stadium standards. You know, um, 10,000 uh, Ten thousand yeah. all-seater stadium standards, 10, 000, really? Yep. Yeah, uh, that doesn't that doesn't seem monopolistic. It's not about that. It's like saying you know we are professional sports league. These these are standards; they must be fulfilled. But that was then. It, you are absolutely right to point out. If you don't need it, what are we talking about? I mean, the, the, the pro game has regressed so much in the last few years. Why would you need a ten thousand all-seater stadium? It is it is ludicrous. Mm. So I get like you've got to have a certain amount of. You know, you've got to have facilities for an academy or you know, other bits and pieces or medical facilities and that kind of thing. But the stadium just seems ridiculous now. It seems absolutely ridiculous. Particularly when you've got teams that don't have stadiums and they have to you know, go bounce from place to place. You suddenly you've got London Irish who are a better club for going to, to the Medeski for God knows how many years. Or Wasps when they were bouncing from Wickham to Adams Park to wherever... It, well, maybe Adams Park was in Wickham, I don't know. Yeah. Um, or London Lo- Welsh Loftus going, Road yeah. to... London Welsh going yeah. to Oxford. Yeah. Sam Stadium, that was, yeah. That's ludicrous. I mean, if you've got the facility, by all means, it's great. But, yeah, I'm with you. It's stupid. Mm. And the, the... I think the... What the noises that are being made is that the I forget the chap's name the the trail finders business owner who's bankrolled this and oh yeah whatever his name is anyway apologies to that uh, gentleman who's supported rugby for many years now uh, I, I believe the he's so fed up that he's threatening a potential merger with the Welsh region yes I've heard this and there's also talk that actually unlike London Welsh who Phil just mentioned who threatened legal action but then when faced with the actual prospect of forking out for the bill for a very expensive process, they decided just to stand down and take a little bit of money off the RFU in compensation for any, uh, um, what's it called? So, uh, any, but, However, I think this fella might actually be saying, no, do you know what? I'm going to spend the money because I believe this is monopolistic behaviour and I think I'll win. It might take me a while, but I think I'll win. Wow. Which is a ma- massively scary prospect for the RFU. Let's just, for one second, talk about London Welsh. I think it's an interesting story, and I'm sure, I'm sure someone will tell me I've got it wrong. But the guy who was the chairman of London Welsh when they were threatening to sue apparently was a big city lawyer. A big, big city lawyer. Mm. And I might have my wires crossed here. Apparently his wife was the... UK ambassador to Russia at the time. So that's the sort of circles that they, that they were move, moving in. And they still didn't think it was uh, worthwhile to sue. Mm. Let in someone it was. It'd be interesting to see if they do actually, if it is just Bombas and Buster looking for a bit of uh, compensation or if he does actually plan on doing it. I, he needs to speak I, to Marco Massotti, the yeah. um, Sharks, Durban Sharks, co-owner who has on standby a team of New York lawyers ready to defend specifically Razi Erasmus (laughs) for his many misgivings. I wonder if those New York lawyers are like very in in touch with the South African legal system to actually perform the act of forcing the law. Um, What I was going to say about Marco Massotti, he must have been raging the other day because there's another team called the Sharks in Miami. Yeah, the Miami Sharks. Launching next year. In MLR. I mean, I, I, he must be pulling out his hair. <laughs> well, just uh, on, L- on MLR, I suppose it's domestic rugby in its own form. It is, yes. Uh, we, we 
got Michael Jenricks got in touch. We've got a, a massive proportion of our listeners is, is in America. So mm. you, you are very, very welcome. When We've got one in the Ascension Islands too. Love it. It, yeah. always, it does always surprise me when you look at the stats that, um, on ACAST. There's a huge number of listeners in uh, in America. Fifteen percent, I think, something yeah, like that, yeah. which is inc- incredible. Anyway, uh, Michael Jenrick says, "Boyos, love the pod." Blah blah blah. JB tackle bl- law. Blah blah. Uh, fight the good fight. Uh, he says um, he's just watching from America. Very happy about the pushback on this in the UK. But then finally, wanted to mention that Chicago, his hometown, and a city you boys love. Yeah, with some great department stores. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they've joined the MLR in America. The Chicago Hounds started Hounds! started nice. this weekend. I like that name. Nice. Yeah, I like it as well. It's been a hotbed for uh, rugby from grassroots up to the old boys still playing into their 50s in the city and um, a massive metro community, uh, chicagohounds.com. And he wanted to point out that the um, there's that app, the, um, oh, what's it called? The, oh, yeah, the Rugby Network have games on TV and phone apps. All the games are streamed for free. Mm. So if you're interested in watching some rugby, Major League Rugby has begun and there is more expansion of the league. As you mentioned, next year, there will be the Miami Sharks joining as well. So he says, what about a trip to Miami during the yes. winter? Yes. Some Six Nations viewing and an MLR match. That might be on the, yeah. that might be on the cards. I could do that. Yeah. yeah love to go, Love to go back to Chicago as well. That was great. Yeah, I like the cold, big cities. Mm. So we well, went, we went, we were there for Halloween. Halloween, weren't we? So it was just, we had a couple of cold days and a couple of like kind of mild days. Yes, good, good fun. All messy yeah. days. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Each messier than the last. We were only there for three days as well. Ridiculous. Yeah, and they also merged into one. It's great. Yes, <laughs> very much so. Uh, moving on from uh, one issue, so Ealing is one to watch. Um, Worcester and wasps. What yeah. is How do you summarise this? So, uh, let's just take the Wasps one, for example. So, Wasps have been granted by the RFU, uh, or whatever the... Yeah, it's yeah RFU, it is RFU. It? Yeah. Uh, yes, you, yes, you can play in the Championship next year. You've satisfied our demands there. Um, where they'll be playing is still to be confirmed. Worcester, <coughs> Worcester have announced that they're leasing six ways, or Atlas, as they're now called, or whatever, whatever that... Yeah, that is, Atlas is the group that owns the, the consortium. The, the group that, that owns the consortium that own what was Worcester Warriors and what hopefully will sti- still be Worcester Rugby Club or Warriors or whatever. Mm-hmm. But they say that w- Wasps are leasing six ways. Wasps have come out and said, well, we don't know that yet. Mm. So that, that's that's a bit up in I the mean, air. I mean, I'm very confused on this. So I'm confused as, to, uh, confused as to how you can say to a team, you're good to play championship when you don't have a ground. I thought that would be absolutely fundamental to any. Well, they they might may well have several options that we could play right. six ways. We heard we about Solihull, yeah, Solihull Motors Solihull. football team. Yeah, so they've probably put forward a proposal that includes several options, but is un- non-specific at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I would want guarantees that one of those options is viable. Yeah, yeah. So this is our backup option. This is what we might do. No, this is our backup option. Here are some other things that we might explore. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't surprise me that Wasps have got permission to play next year because I think, historically, the Wasps fan base is probably deeper with a better sort of list of connections than Worcester. Remember, Worcester was built up by Cecil Duckworth and you know, it was never 
and people who support Worcester will not thank you for saying this, it never had the history Wasps did. Mm. So if Wasps do like an all-boys dinner or a supporters dinner, there are some seriously important people that will be associated with Wasps. Yeah, I'm going to push back on that because I agree with what you just said. I'm just going to say, if you were a Richmond fan, Mm. I'd be pretty cheesed off that, oh, right, that's the punishment that Wasps are getting, is it? They're going down one. They're going down one league, whereas we had to go down ten. Yeah, I don't really see why they don't have to go all the way down. I mean, that's what I would do. Certainly down to the bottom of the national leagues. I don't think it's acceptable just to go to, to, to the championship. I, yeah. I don't know why it is. Actually, I, I tend to agree as well. I, I, I've not seen a clear explanation as to why the Richmond case was different than Worcester and, and indeed Worcester because Worcester. The RFU gave them the opportunity to meet the criteria, and Worcester yeah. has actually chosen not to fulfil those criteria. I know, I know they, they've actually said that one of the criteria was repaying the creditors within 28 days, which they just said it's not feasible or possible, therefore they can't um, take that option. Yeah. yeah, The Worcester one probably gets a little messier, because one... one so Atlas is this, there's this consortium, Jim O'Toole is the face of it, and I remember when uh, I think on Twitter he 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 like blocked us because we asked a question about. Do you know who's blocked us? Creditors getting money. Yeah. I'll text him. See, I'll see what that's all about. <laughs> well, I, th- I think I think he might. Uh, I think someone at Worcester might have blocked us as well because we just asked a question about. Hold on, uh, anyone getting their money? Yeah. And um, anyway, so that this, this this one gets a little messier because what they're doing is. Sorry, let me, I don't know how to explain this. So one thing I've always said, and we've always said when we're talking about this subject, is even if they go down to the bottom tier of rugby, there's still going to be a clubhouse with all those photos. There's still going to be mm-hmm. a club with that name that has all those people that have played in that club, worn that blazer and that tie, represented it at whatever level. That's still going to exist. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. What Jim O'Toole and his lot are doing is completely airbrushing out of history all of that, and saying Worcester does not exist anymore. Mm, well, yeah. so that was the announcement last week where they said they're going to be called Six Ways Rugby, something like that. There was a, a meeting with, I think it was a ticketed meeting, so there's 500 or 550 um, paid um, Worcester Warriors fans who turned up to event, an event on Saturday afternoon with Jim O'Toole and James Sandbrook. Sandbrook? Rings a bell. Yeah, no, James. Yeah, Stanford. 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 Yeah. One second. Sanford. Yeah, Sanford. I get a very bad feeling. About so, that bloke. as part of that meeting, I think they've rode back on the Six Ways rebrand and are going to retain the Worcester Warriors name. Okay. But they are seeking, so they're they're dropping down several divisions, although. The intention, as I understand it, is they're going to merge with Stourbridge. Stourbridge, who are about to get relegated from National 2 West, so fourth tier, into fifth tier. And it's it's not quite a mathematical certainty, but they've got 11 points from 19 games. The nearest, player, uh, nearest team has got more than double their points. It is highly unlikely they're going to get out of that situation. So they would drop down, merge... And then start with the remaining players from the Stourbridge um, first team and start bringing in former Worcester players and all the rest of it in yeah. order to work their way up up the league. Now, the, the positive side of that is 
they're trying to get the foundation, stable foundations and build on it over a number of years instead of just having to scrabble around, get a load of kind of journeyman players, pay them big money to almost stay in the championship and then try going up so from there. if they're saying they're keeping the Worcester name, does that mean Stourbridge is now called Worcester? Well, effectively, Stourbridge would, I think, no longer exist. I hate this idea. Yeah. yeah the, I can't see any the logic mo- behind it. Why would you? The, the, the logic behind it is they don't have to pay back any of the money. There probably is something on that. That's basically it. Yes. Which just stinks. Yeah. I mean, I get that the creditors probably will not get their money. That's not unusual. And, and businesses will go. There will yeah, be companies I, that go out of business. Yeah, and this result. this stuff sort of happens, right? But if somebody wants to set up a business and then buy all the Worcester branding and the history, they can do that. They can. You know, that isn't a problem. That is something which someone someone can do. I take that history. Go 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 to the bottom of the league structure. Work your way back up. Sale FC does think very very sim- similar, and I think Sale FC are quite a good example now. They're not a Premiership club. They never will be a Premiership club for obvious reasons. But they've got their history. They've got Haywood Road. They've got all all the photos there. That is a proper historic club playing at the level that it should be. And it took it year, took them years to get there. I can see Wasps doing the same thing and. It's not as if they don't have any sort of prestige. It's a seriously prestigious club, uh, Sale FC. They're probably the senior club in Manchester outside of Sharks. I mean, I mean, I'd actually say, I'd go one further, they're probably the senior club in Manchester because they are Sale FC. That's a massive name. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. Like, Wasps could be a really good Nat 2 championship team with a load of history. So could Worcester. I don't know why they want to mess around you know, capturing Starbridge. It's ridiculous. Mm. So that's the plan as it goes. They're, um, they're going to play there to whatever the new merge team, which will apparently be called Worcester Warriors, will be playing at Six Ways alongside potentially Wasps and um, Worcester Warriors women's team as well. We'll all play there. Why is, have the women's team... Like, uh, this is another thing which really bothered me. There's like been a urgent moral imperative that we must save the women's team. Because, I don't know, reasons. They don't seem to have the same urgency for the men's. Well, the men's is... Would you agree with that? Well, they must save the professional women's team, which is... Bearing in mind the professional women's team is funded by the men's team. That does seem a strange use of... I just don't understand why it's such such an emergency. I mean... you know, A a women's team can still exist in an amateur form. You'd have thought so. As it did a couple of years ago. But it's just like... Yeah, I see. There's some bizarre sort of moral imperative that you save women's rugby but for the men's like yeah well you know it is what it is which is exactly the right attitude actually that's exactly how it should be and the the other side of this is there seems to be some kind of upset from Worcester Warriors fans because the noises coming out of the Steve Diamond bid was that they well for one would never have considered changing the name for two would have plans to pay the creditors how yeah. how true all that is, I don't know. Yeah. And number three would had a plan to return to the championship rather than drop down and do this rebuild. Now, but the second one, the credit paying the creditors, if it was a realistic plan that got the predator, uh, the creditors paid, I can't see why that one would not have succeeded. There's obviously more did. to it, isn't there? Yeah, it's 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 almost it's too simple just to say on the main three parts. The Steve Diamond bid was better, but it failed. Yeah, and that, that, it's like they're that just like Jim O'Toole. Just, that's all it was. Jim yeah, O'Toole yeah, was yeah. nicer in the meeting. It just doesn't doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, 
It's all it's all quite ugly. And the final one is: Have you do you understand what's going on at Leicester Tigers, Phil? No, and you mentioned this before, yeah. and I've not really heard much. First, about I heard this. a bit. It was on Twitter, rumblings on Twitter. But I do not, I do not know the story. Well, so the it's quite useful to go on from Worcester Wasps to Leicester, who are basically mm. saying they need an injection of thirty million pounds, or they face administration themselves. Oof. That'd be bad. Thirty million pounds as well, because that is that's presumably to again pay creditors who might be a bit more linked to the club rather than um, third-party tertiary businesses, but who want their... who've given loans to the club and want to take their money back out. Yeah, good point. Good point. Mm. With, with with almost no information, that's what it sounds like. Well, I mean, there's noises out of Exeter. that always is that, yes, they make money, they do well on match days, but even they're th- looking at things thinking, this is bleak. Mm. Really bleak. Which is why you got messing around with the hotels and, all, and everything. Else. Yeah, yeah. Transfer of ownership of the hotels. Mm. The tiger, yeah, tigers. The Chiefs selling the hotel back to Tony Rowe. to Tony Rowe. Yeah, not. It's not really back to it, but he's on. He's on both sides of that equation, isn't he? Yes. Tony Rowe's doing all right. Sorry, thirteen million pounds. I beg your pardon. Not thirty. Well, thirteen is a little better than thirty. Uh, yeah, that, yeah. To be fair, you, the numbers are so big that it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's awful. I, I do hope, part of me do, does hope, though, that enough teams go bankrupt that they can scrap the CVC deal and start again. <laughs> well, that, that's interesting. So what they've yes, said is CVC, uh, a planned £13 million cash injection is set to save Leicester Tigers from potentially going into administration. Um, it could raise up to £13 million for the club, um, a move which was needed as Tigers admit recent events have seen their financial situation worsen significantly. Cash injection. They're low, they're lending money. Sorry, uh, Tom, borrowing money. Tom Scott and Peter Tom are uh, in uh, are injecting ten and three million pounds respectively. So right. So this is additional loans from yeah. already um, directors or people on the board. Or yeah. it could just be the refinancing of existing loans. Yeah, or the, the new money. The uh, demise of Worcester and Wasps has been cited oh. by CEO Andrea Pinchin as one of the main sources of grief of the Midlands giant coffers. As a co- quote, as a consequence of both clubs being expelled from the Premiership, Leicester Tigers lost two important home matches in the current mm-hmm. season and associated match day revenue. This lost, loss of revenue has con- contributed to a significant deterioration in the company's financial position. Well, to be fair to Leicester, opening the doors at Welford Road does make a difference. We've got, what, 20,000-plus 20, 20, people yeah, coming yeah. to watch? Nobody else has that. So if you oh. start closing... You know, depriving them of home games that is actually a really serious issue for them and the the figure that came from Gloucester when <laughs> ironically Wasps refused to play a home game there last year Worcester, sorry, sorry Worcester refused to play a home game there um, last season was £250,000 and Leicester is 30% bigger than King's Home so yeah. you're talking 300 plus K um, of lost now I don't know if that was Presumably that was turnover rather than profit. That was just but, tickets alone. There's, but, yeah. there's the vendors and everything outside and all the businesses yeah, yeah. that rely so on it. It's, it's big It's big money taking that out of already stretched finances. Yes. And this uh, there's a few things that pop into my head. One, we don't need to go over it again, but one is you talked about how bad the CBC deal was when it happened and many times since, JB, and this is another example. People, people don't listen to me. They just don't listen. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to talking about the Welsh 60 capital later. People do not listen. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, but, but if CV, CVC, like, where are they now? 
Well, they're taking they're taking their money out. Taking their money, yeah. But the geniuses. This is this is fracking the pie. This is it's exactly what it is. They are destroying it. They'll 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 cover their original deal probably, and they'll it will be a destroyed shell by the end of it. And they're not to blame. They're they're doing right by their own investors and shareholders. It's the people. Yeah, it's, it's the people like, that sign the deal off. That yeah, it's like blaming your Labrador for fetching a ball. CVC are doing what CVC do. Or the know. scorpion that you're cro- that's on your back when you're swimming across the river. <laughs> yeah. yeah, correct. Exactly right. They should never have got into bed with CVC, <laughs> and now they're paying the price. And I, for one, am all for it. <laughs> well, if if the biggest club in England and the current champions are struggling, then that just goes to show you how. Uh, what, what a messy situation it is and how much we're going to be revisiting these topics at some point. But let's actually talk about some rugby. Let's do that. Yes, please. Imagine. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, as, as it was Valentine's Day this week, do you, do you do Valentine's Day? No. No, I don't. Do you do, Phil? No. I'd, Good. Actually, someone... Uh, Love it. Someone asked me on the... the it was the went Tuesday, wasn't it, the Valentine's Day? I did, leg, uh, I did legs on... On, on Valentine's Day. <laughs> well, I was, so I was down in London uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I think this week. And um, someone asked me on the Wednesday, "Oh, did you do anything like for Valentine's night?" I was like, "I'm I'm down in London." They said, like, "Oh, did, did you like have a nice call with Claire?" I was like, "Did I?" No, the only time I spoke to Claire on Valentine's Day was to ask her to paint the loft. That was my <laughs> only conversation. Did you on see Day. the flowers for sale in? Was it Victoria Station? No. In, oh in yeah, like uh, is Victoria three hundred and eighty quid? Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah, they had these for like two dozen red roses. Yeah, so stressed bankers coming off trains like, oh no, what? What can I buy my Lithuanian mistress? Um, <laughs> like, yes, two hundred pounds worth of roses on the Amex. Oh my god! Yeah. So no, we're 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 all uh, in the same in the same deal there. <laughs> it I'd, sounds like it. Yeah. The, Maybe it's just when you've got it, well, two kids and uh, long term married, it's just irrelevant. Well, it's also one of those things, is it not? Like. It, it didn't De Beers make up that you need six months' salary for a, a wedding Three ring. months. Three yeah, months, yeah, well, whatever it is, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah, yeah. that gets inflated. I mean, it wasn't Valentine's Day made up by Clinton Cards or somebody? Probably. That would not surprise me. Yeah. One of the few times I've, I've done it in the past, I was, I was at university, and for a joke, I took a picture. Um, one, of, one of my housemates had, like, this heart-shaped cushion. So I... So I just as a joke, just took everything off and said to one of my one of our housemates, "I'll take a picture." And I just had that covering covering oh. me. I think I'll put some shades on or something as well. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it was just a piss take. I got the photo printed and just gave it as a joke. Anyway, my housemates got a hold of it, and oh, no. oh, um, no. on the day that the exam results were, were posted up on the board, I don't know if it happened oh, with you. No. The, the exam results got posted up on yeah, the board yeah, at uni. That is old there was about fifty photocopies of that photo photocopies as well love it nice love it they must have gone through some a lot of effort to do that (laughs) because it's not like they were just I mean camera phones had only just come out when I was in uni yeah, yeah, yeah. Only the very basic ones. I wouldn't even know how to get a bloody picture off it. Yeah, so I just I stayed off campus for a few days. <laughs> um, anyway, the, uh, Eddie Moore. Hello, Eddie. Contact TedChasers at gmail.com. He says, lads, uh, roses are red. Only tackle round the hip. Sail Sharks are winning the Gallagher Premiership. Ooh. Mm. No, they're not. Not, I, not if they, their discipline remains as it was this week. Yeah. Um, oh, and also, just before we go, isn't it great to see Rainbow Rainbow Month back in the Premiership? <laughs> is, that feb- is that February or is that just the next it, couple of weeks? I don't know. They were all in rainbows. All the refs were in the rainbow. And all, um, the, all the clubs have changed their logo. All looking ridiculous. All... 
it's just so cynical and pointless and awful. But yeah, they're they're all at it again because um, it's worked so well. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Premiership crowds have just increased year on year on year, and it's all because of the rain, the rainbow campaign and stakeholder engagement. Fantastic stuff. Well done, Premiership. On on a serious point, I I I'd say this. As we say all the time when anything like this comes up, you will never, ever find a more welcoming, mm. accommodating um, place than, than a rugby club, whether that's grassroots up to premiership. So, Whatever. Wear the rainbow bigot. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it feels like uh, some people, I'm sure, would think the gesture is a wonderful one, and that's absolutely fine. I think it's a gesture that's not needed because it's already mm. inclusive, you know, welcoming. You know, Pride Precisely. has gone gone too far. And in Manchester, what used to be an actual like an actual genuine celebration is now populated by like literally. Uh, <laughs> last year, like it was a um, heavy machinery brand had a like had a store. There. Why? Why? What? What have they got to do with Pride? At uh, Pride, yeah, like really? uh, they bought a JCB and, and painted it with. Why? <laughs> I have no idea why. It's a fun day out. Fun day out, yeah. Yeah, why not? But they don't even have fun. They just hand out leaflets about JCBs. With everyone rainbows. has everyone has fun at Pride. Oh, yeah. Of course that, they do. That is true. As, as for the actual rugby, yeah, it was a great game though, wasn't it? This Northampton Saints, love it. Oof. Sail Sharks, Sail Sharks, Sail Sharks. So Sail Sharks had Manu Tolagi red carded after 13, 14 minutes. He can't go soon enough. Then Kobus Visa and was it Ewan Ashman as well. So yeah, they, they played. They played in half the second half. They were down to 13 men. 19 points up, they were. Yeah. Now, I was watching this with the sound off. It looked to me like George Ford was out cold. Did you did you see his tackle? No. So, he comes on. Oh, yeah. Rob Dupree goes to 13. Rob Dupree's playing nice rugby. He's mm. a terrible 13. <laughs> I, I, I don't mind. I don't care what anybody says. Alex Anderson seems to think playing at 13 for two games where he was awful... Has made him into a great 10. It hasn't. He's just been much better at 10. So he moved Rob Dupree to 13, and George Ford came on the field. And he gets tackled, and his head hits the turf. And to me, it looks like he's out cold. Completely out cold. And played on. No HA. Yeah, mm. so... Um, well, he's he's been called into the England squad, hasn't he? Has he? We'll yeah. talk, talk about that on the other podcast. Yeah, we will do. Yeah, so him and Rafi got on the field. I, I actually think the way things are going, Rafi and Ford... Or the second choice halfbacks. I mean, on, obviously on form. Yeah, they are because the other because War and um, Rob Dupree have got them to second in the league, and deservedly so. Yeah, I thought Selwyn struggled so much this year without. Well, it wasn't really. I thought Rafi would do well. Obviously, not having him is tough. I never saw Gus War being the absolutely outstanding player mm. that he's now become. Uh, and then I thought though, I mean. <sighs> Had nightmares about Rob Dupree playing ten. He's doing but, really, really well. Uh, there was penalty try on sixty-six minutes. Fraser Dingwall try seventy. Uh, sorry, Callum Braley try seventy-four minutes. Fraser Dingwall try seventy-six minutes. Yeah. Mm. No, I, I mean you've got to take your hat off to Saints here. They were outstanding in times, I mean, they were very Saintsy. Like you know, they a terrible start with. They can't defend. They're weak, um, but they stick at it, and that's quite uh, and that's quite cool. Some of their line breaks are exceptional. I think mm. Tommy Freeman, I mean, I don't know if you know this, he's good at rugby. Mm. He's really good I've at rugby. I've heard this. Yeah, 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 really good at rugby. Tom Collins, how does he not get more recognition? Every time he plays, he beats players, he does amazing things, he's rapid. 
I don't know, is he just too small? There must be something about him that people don't like because he's so effective. And he's, what, their second or third choice winger? Mm. Everyone's yeah, got Skozan, you've got he was so on many the, boys. He was on the bench in this. Skozan, Ram, Freeman, slight home even. Yeah. Yeah, slight home. Times class. Yeah, so his, his break for the, it was the Brayley try, wasn't it? Yeah. was awesome. Now, it was when Sale were down to uh, 13 men, so there was a there's a bit more room than you might always get. But I, I do agree with you, he's he's always electric, he's such yeah. a good runner. Yeah, just uh, And this is what, it was games like this where Sale have earned the right not to worry too much because they've been so good this season, mm. and the, t- the table still has them in a yeah, relatively comfortable... They're still 12 points clear of yeah. Northampton who are now... now yeah, the, I mean the rest of the race, third place, Northampton, thir- like, 38 points... Eighth, eighth place, Leicester, played 14, 34 points. Well, the way I look at it is there's first place, there's second place, third place, and by the time you get to fifth place, there's like five teams in fifth place. No, no, no. There's, yeah, uh, yeah, there's four points separating third to eighth. Le- 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 okay, so from third place... Leicester, yeah, third, there's like third and fourth, he's up for grabs. Yeah. Third, you've got Northampton, Gloucester, Irish, Exeter, Quinns and Leicester. Two of those teams are going to get into the playoffs. And, Amazing. I hope Irish do it. And I, Irish, after... I mean, a dreadful start to the season. They're on a nice run of form at the moment. Yeah, they play Hard, um, hardly lose anyone through internationals. They play well, amazing rugby. Well, well, they do, but they've actually got a little bit more pragmatic in their rugby. They're playing a, a bit, a few more percentages, mm. and they just they, they look just, wild. They they didn't they can go wild, and but they didn't go wild. And when when they've got if they can get into the playoffs, and they've got OHC and Arundel and Ben Loder. Yeah, they can and be ben anyone. They can yeah. be anybody. And Parton, if he's although he's hardly played this season, he's hardly he played. Parton. And James well, Stokes, well, Tom Pearson. I mean, Tom Pearson, Pearson is a beast. He is an absolute beast. I he, I didn't. I, so I've been watching him more closely this season. Yeah, and I didn't like when he first got called up to England last year by Eddie Jones. I was kind of like, Tom, who, who, who is this guy? So you start watching him a bit more closely, and he normally wears seven. So you think, oh right, he's going to be a bit of a fetcher, a bit more lightweight. Nope. Nope. He's more like a Sean O'Brien type seven. Yeah, that's that's a, a great comparison. He's so physical. I made that comparison three weeks ago. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> he is an absolute animal. I love him. <laughs> he just bangs things. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we can talk about this in uh, in the England squad and stuff, but I don't know. that I haven't managed to get to the bottom of exactly how restricted Steve Borthwick was in choosing his England squad because Tom Pearson's one of those. Those I was like, oh yeah, you should have a, you should have a bit of him, and also like Val Rapava Ruskin and stuff like that but apparently he may have been limited to the number yeah. of changes of the EPS squad there, so, there are limits to it yeah so I think it's five to the, they have so they have the live squad and then you have a wider EPS squad so say when he calls up uh, it's normally about 35 for a Six Nations 31 for a World Cup but that will be on a wider squad of say 40 or 45 I think it's only five or six changes from that wider squad of, say, 40 or 45. Yeah, because it messes up the money, I think, with the England credits. But, yeah, yeah there's that side of it. Um, and Borthwick did mention, I think he got asked about it in right at the start when he first named the squad in kind of mid-January. And he said, well, that is the reason. Like, the, There is only so many players that can come in and, in and out. So while I might want other players, I've got restrictions on right. me to exactly so, uh, how I can drop. I'm going to say, well, I've been... We've all been talking up Tom Pearson for a while, but Tom Pearson, World Cup squad, bolter, watch out. So, here's yeah. the thing about Tom Pearson. Going to Cocker's Law, who 
Like, who misses out? Yeah, it's a great that question. That is a good point. Because it's, it's a stacked position, yeah. back row. So I, the way I look at it is, it's very similar to Willis, which is you have to get them, you have to get them in the team because you don't know if he'll improve it until he actually plays. Shall, shall we put a pin in this and talk about England's back row? In yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Podcast? very good point. Yeah, very good point. Before we go too far down that rabbit hole, because I could talk about that for ages. Oh, I will. Mm. I will. Yeah. But we we were we kind of strayed into London Irish there. Yeah, who had. I, so I've only seen the extended highlights of this. They were playing away at Bath. What it looked like was Bath, for the first 21 or 22 minutes, were deep inside London Irish's 22, had multiple, multiple opportunities to score. Eventually, I think um, London Irish got a yellow card, the Argentine back row. Um, uh, Gonzalez. Uh, was it him? It Rob, Simmons. Rob Simmons. Rob Simmons got a yellow card. Um, they... Get over, score after 21, 22, 23 minutes. Then London Irish go immediately downfield and score through Paddy Jackson. Yeah. Um, Brummy Paddy, Paddy Jackson. Notorious <laughs> <laughs> Englishman. Birmingham's own. Um, and then, other than a penalty, Bath, they had opportunities again. They got deep into London Irish's 22, but didn't score another point for the whole of the rest of the game. Yeah. Do you know, it's so unfair that... The West Country, which is such good rugby territory, are cursed with Bath and Bristol. <laughs> like, it's just not fair. It is not fair. Like, they deserve so much better than these than these two clubs. I love Bath. I mean, I really do love Bath as a whole entity, the club. It's great. The, the, the city, going there for every, a bit like... Well, fr- friend of the pod, uh, Joe Riley, he... Um, he got in touch because he, he's a London Irish fan, I think. Uh, I mm. uh, and he, he was there at the wreck. And uh, did have to say and just emphasise this is one of the greatest places to watch. Sport. A game full of rugby. Stop. Sport, it is an stop. amazing place. Every time. And even just watching on the TV when you've got those Georgian houses, those stone, bath stone Georgian houses, like looking over the ground, they are just magnificent. And they've got loads of money. Like, just win some games. How long have you just well, win some games? Well... Bath, in fairness to them, they were missing their two best players for this game, who they um, only have because Worcester Warriors yeah. went into administration, in Ollie <laughs> Lawrence and Ted Hill, both missing from this. So without their key men that they've built their whole squad around, yeah. how are they going to possibly win anything? It's quite incredible, isn't it, when you look around the league now, how many of the Worcester lads and the Worcester lads <laughs> are making a huge impact on their new clubs. And you think, Worcester... They weren't on the verge of winning the Premiership, were they? Because the way that their players are performing for for their new clubs, you would have thought, yeah, easy. It's just another example of Steve Diamond failing to get the best out of of quality players. Holding back quality players. If it wasn't for Steve Diamond's impact on their their careers when he came in, they would be nowhere now. They'd they'd be playing in championship sides. Irish won comfortably. Uh, in the yeah. end, and and are in fifth position, <clears throat> and just outside, yeah, just outside the playoff spots, and could well um, push on from there. I think mm. easily, easily get, get into the playoffs. You should have put an Irish in the top four on on the whiteboard this year, JJ. Oh, as a year too early. <laughs> um, they are two, good. Two people I want to mention from those two games, partly because they're good going forward, but partly because they bang. Um, Dingwall putting a couple of awesome hits. Yeah, and. Uh, Jancy van Rensburg for London Irish. Is he EQP? Don't know. It doesn't sound like, well, you know, it sounds like he could be Scottish qualified. <laughs> <laughs> um, and his line for 
Was it his try or did someone else score? You know, it was his try. His line, I don't know if you've seen it, fantastic line from him. But the Bath, the Bath three quarters at the time, it's an international three quarters. Mm. Piers, Piers Francis, Cam Radpath and Jonathan Joseph. He was he was wearing 13 and playing 13. And he just picked an unders line. He was one, 10, 12, 13 with an unders line. And he just sliced through an international um, three quarters. Yeah, because Paddy Jackson's great. But Rory Jennings and Ben Hard, Yancy van Rensburg, don't have necessarily the same brand value or name recognition as Jonathan Joseph and Cam Redpath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, the, they just totally failed. I think it was um, Thockner Singer as well defending it outside Jonathan Joseph. Like the, the four of them just failed to recognise him on a, a big unders line, and he sliced straight through. Mm. Very, very. That was very poor from Beth. Uh, another big game and a very tight match. Um, Marlow had the chance to oh. to claw back uh, in Counties One Tribute Southern North against <laughs> Chinna Three. It was the top of the table first three second clash, and it was a seventeen all draw. Was oh. it against Marlow Chinna Three away at Chinna Three? Which so that must be Chinna Three's first draw. And yeah, well, first not well. First time they've not won. First right? time they've not won, and um, yeah, unfortunately that means the boys. Are probably going to have to con- be content with second spot in the league. So I'm trying to work out who gets promoted from our league. Listen to this: everybody in the level seven counties league who wins our league gets promoted. But then the top six runners up across the counties league also get promoted. Not top six, yeah. Sorry, the six runners up. But I don't know where these counties leagues are. So there's going to be three teams dropping down from our level seven league, level, yeah. level six league. I can't work out where they're going to where these other teams are going to come from. <laughs> It makes no sense to me. If you read it, it makes even less sense. So, if in your league, in Tok H's league, mm. if LSH win all their games, we can't win it. They're automatic. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At Bluenile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Promoted. Yeah. If you then win all of your games, are you into a playoff? No. It's either they go up or they go up and we go up if we are one of the six uh, okay. So we don't even get a playoff opportunity. Oh. And, you know, it's so hard hard because I'm certain that three teams in this league should go up. Mm. LSH, because they absolutely deserve it. Tarleton the be- are one of the be- best teams in the in, in the league. Well, and we've, and we've beaten both both, both of those teams. So, yeah. You know, work it out. Yeah. Pity. Pity you can't have more ups and more downs. I, I think the RFU league pyramid structure would benefit so much from having more relegation and more promotion. Because the teams are not sorting themselves fast enough. Mm. If we were to build these leagues from scratch now, from the worst teams to the best teams, it'd be brilliant. But unfortunately, mm. we've just got a lot of teams in the wrong leagues. Well, part of that is you've had this almost accelerated... 
if, if teams that are going well have had an accelerated increase and teams are going poorly have an, had an accelerated decrease, partly because of COVID. Because yeah. some teams just like fell apart and never came back together. you know what they decided to do after COVID? They had this no relegation, no promotion oh, yeah, thing, of course. right? So that was exactly the wrong thing to yeah. do. They should have said, five teams go up, five teams go down. Yeah. You know, let's sort much quicker. Not Let's not sort at all. Yeah, you always could have played like, oh, I'm trying to think, like almost merge two leagues together and have a shorter season where you play everyone once in two leagues. Yeah. And to see, or like two leagues become, oh, sorry, three leagues become two leagues for a season. So you can reset, or, just, or have like a waterfall competition to establish new new yeah. league tables, something yeah. like that. I think that like a squash ladder type. Yeah, thing. I think if I was involved in sports administration, if I ever had that opportunity, um, <laughs> if only. But I, seriously, this is for all sports leagues. They should convene a council, not of experts or safeguarding professionals or inclusion uh, coordinators. None of these people. None of these people should have a say in how the stru- structure of the leagues work. They should go and get a panel of economists. Because this just works so much. You know, these are these are basically economic questions. Like how like how do you sort things better? How do you value things better? You know that's what they should be doing, because it makes sense, doesn't it? On paper, to say no promotion, no relegation because of COVID. It actually made no sense because they never thought it through. Yeah, it almost should have been a, and maybe with the buy-in of the clubs, almost like the way that these nameless scouts and stuff rank American football teams in colleges yeah. and high schools around America. It's like, oh, you're you're ranked with this. Fine, you get through to that competition. Mm. Well, I guess that's because they're able to do it because there's so much interest, like civilian interest, for want of a better word, in lower-level competition. So if you've got journalists writing about it and reporters writing about it, they can give their opinion on what they see. The reason it wouldn't work with rugby is because the only people that really support rugby or linked to clubs. So, yeah, I would obviously just rank top eight, top eight as top eight. <laughs> uh, Aylesbury had another painful defeat, oh, narrowly no. losing. No. Uh, so that's three very close defeats in a row. Against well, big teams, though. Yeah, against big teams. And you'll be pleased to know that Sedgley won again. 18 unbeaten uh, in the league. Sedge. Went away to Rotherham. Tough, tough place to go. Isn't it? And, and won. That's 20 points to 38. So a good, good win. Did Albion win? Don't know. Don't know. They were away at Hull, and Hull have not won all year. Ooh. So, if they... They should have done, <laughs> based so, on that. So they've changed their, changed, their, changed their squad a bit. If they win that, they've got a run of games at home, and they could be dangerous. They hammered Hull. Get 40, in. 41-12. Get in the Albion. Coldy beat Richmond. Mugford's army. In Championship. Yeah. Uh, no. Oh, Do you know whose army it is? Championship Who's? Cup, even. Ryan so. Lamb's army. Ryan Lamb's playing at Plymouth Albion? No, he's coaching them. Oh, love mm. it. I've heard some phenomenal stories about his man management. Phenomenal. I'd love to share them. Mm. I, th- I actually think he does it right. In what way? Slightly old school? Yeah. If you're not making it, if you're not going to make it in Plymouth Albion, he'll tell you very, very directly. Which, actually, I think I would really appreciate. Really appreciate. Rather than just not being spoken to. <laughs> Uh, I know who did win, Leicester Tigers. That was a great... I can't believe you missed the second half of that, Phil. It was awesome. It was brutal, wasn't it? It was... It, it so, was brutal is the word, actually. It was actually. so violent. I did catch the last... I saw the tries and I caught the last five minutes with the confusion at the end. I saw that. Leicester Tigers... I tell you what, because that second half, Saracen scored just before the half. 
to yes, much like with the Saints game, just to sort of right. go. I wonder if they could they do it. Yeah, and that was that was like forty two minutes on the clock, wasn't it? It was like yeah. the last play. And then they the they would play in all the rugby in the second half. Not that Leicester weren't; it's just Saracens were really having a crack. And the the defensive shift that Leicester put in the massive hits they were smashing Saracens players. Now, don't you think that in like an ideal world, if you've got to make trade offs, if you have to. You would say that you want an old grizzled pack, and you want to pair that <laughs> with a young, exciting backline. No, no, get the get no, the kids in in the get pack. the kids in in the pack. Get, get give me like George Martin and and his young his back bangers, and get me Mike Brown, Jimmy Gopeth, and Chris Ashton in the backline. Incredible stuff, incredible. Mike Brown, fair play to him. Yeah, how good did he look? He looked amazing. He, he looked like he's ready to play for England. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not play that guy for England? You got a World Cup coming up. He. He looked so fresh, so fit, so fast, so step. Like he just looked, looked like he'd never been away. First game in eleven months. So Incredible. good to see him. So good yeah, to see him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and was he thirty-seven? Uh, thirty-seven. Same age as Johnny Sexton. Is that right? Yeah. Mm. Like, it was just so. I think he's a little bit faster than Johnny Sexton. Yeah. Uh, still, admittedly, I don't think he's yeah. ever been slower than Johnny Sexton. So what I liked about this game, so Mike Brown played really well, but what I really liked is. The manhandling Nick Tompkins... I don't know if you noticed it. Nick Tompkins manhandled Mike Brown on numerous occasions. Like, it wasn't just a straight-up tackle. It was like a scrag and then a lift and a throw to the floor. I, don't, I do not think Nick Tompkins likes Mike Brown one bit from his... Well, well that, was, that was an interesting little sub, a subplot in the whole game. There were a few players that you were thinking they're really cheesed off. They're not involved in internationals and I think Nick Tompkins is one of them I think it was a bit of it like I'm going to show you and he, he looked great I'd, he... I'd be having him back in my world squad if I was Warren Gatland mm. hang on when did he last play for Wales the autumn uh, you sure it's autumn I think I think so he, yeah he didn't, he, well why are you thinking three year rule three year rule game back it's, it's within three years yeah, yeah you want that guy back he is so aggressive mm. so aggressive but the whole, uh, everything about it was aggressive. And I thought in this game, there were so many key moments which could have gone either way. And it, you know, because there was you know, so many of them. Uh, well, Saracens butchered a few close it. to the line. Yeah, so... You know, Sar- it was smart on Leicester's front, but it was naive on Saracens. Yeah, people were saying that Wigglesworth outcoached them call today. I don't no, agree no, with that No, I just think that was just street, think, playing streetwise on the field. That yeah, wasn't coached. I, I think the players... The, the, you know, the, the players did what was needed needed to, to be done. Leicester Tigers did look more Saracens-like than Saracens, mm. particularly their defence on the line. It, I mean, the, I think they had two phases of defence, sorry, two passages of play in defence, which were all you know, all-time classics, all-time classics. You can watch that alongside the Wales four minutes defensive stand against Ireland. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. That, that is exactly how rugby should be played, and that's how it should be celebrated. Brave brave animalistic men battering each other it was brilliant <laughs> well that um, Leicester Tigers it was the, the pack was younger than the back line but everything is younger than the back line mm. um, that back row the Leicester back row I love that yeah. back row that is it's such a dangerous Crack- and dynamic back row Cracknell is some pickup, and next year they get Kyle Heatherall who is another yeah. in, intensely violent man? Yeah, yeah. He's a because he's like a six slash second row, isn't he? He's a big alongside um, uh, George Martin and Chesham and Montoya. The Chesham Montoya is a good player. Uh, 
interesting dynamic watching Tom West go up against Robin Hislop. Mm. Uh, again, two more players mm. from yeah, yeah. Um, released from Wasps. Yeah, yeah, so, good point. Uh, not a great weekend for the top two. I still think that Saracens are a class above everyone else, even after this defeat. Well, when there's when there's Farrell, Itoji, George. Vonipol, one of one 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 Vonipola, one, one Vonipola, Elliot Daly out. Daly, he won't be back this season though. Is that, Daly's is not back this season. season. I don't think. Well, no, he'll be back for the semi-final, but potentially with the because I've been looking at this with fantasy rugby draft in mind. <laughs> are you still playing? <laughs> Who are you, you playing? You won this weekend, did I? And you haven't <laughs> selected a team for about two months. Cal Eastman score. <laughs> yeah, I did win this weekend. Well, it's the last ever fantasy rugby draft. They're not doing Premiership next year. I know. Oh. Shame, isn't it? So Phil had a, a heartbreaking defeat. Yeah, you, were you aware of that? Um, I was. I've okay. been. I've been checking my team every now and again. Not that I hold out much hope for this season, but well, or, or ever. Then That's no, I yeah. To, I want to finish with a second ring. Gone. Um, yes. Where were we? Where were we? Oh yeah, just just jump. I've just seen another email come in. Mark Hewitt, contact chases at gmail dot com. Um, he's excited about Major League Rugby, another one of our American listeners who's getting into the new season. Over 11,000, 11,500 people watched San Diego Legion against Utah. That's awesome. Utah... Jazz. Jazz. Yeah. No, no, that's the... (laughs) uh, What's Utah's nickname? Is it Aviate? No. No. Utah... What would you call it? Utah Utah. Storm? What, What is Utah famous for? Mormons? Salt, yeah, Salt Lake City. Utah Mormons. The Mormons, yeah. <laughs> uh, Utah Warriors. I was going to say, the, the Utah Chastities. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Snapdragon Stadium is where the Legion play. Do they make semiconductors? Or chips? Snapdragon make chips. Oh, yeah, oh, they do. Okay. Yeah, for phones. Yeah, cool. I'm, I'm Well done. Well done, MLR. Mm. That's very, very good. That's very good. God, if, if, you, if the USA ever take rugby really seriously, we're all in trouble. Well, no, actually, I heard one thing. Um, with 2031 in mind, and off the off the back of the pain of not making the World Cup this year, there are loads of Amer- promising American schoolboy rugby players that are going to school in South Africa. What? Mm. What, really? Yeah, with with the eight-year plan in mind. So, wow. school, age 16. I, th- I think it's, yeah, I think it's basically sort of what would be A-level, so 16, 17-year-olds yeah, yeah. to go and spend a couple of years, effectively, like one of the big effectively A-levels or whatever the equivalent is in America, yeah. to go to the some South-African rugby schools to go and play rugby there. Wow. I, would, I, I mean, I don't know this for, for certain, but just looking at the quality of South-African players now... I don't think there's probably a better place in the world to learn your rugby. Hundred percent. Have you seen? Did you? I, I didn't watch much of it. Did, but did you see the 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 little schools championship they had? Did you see any of the stuff on YouTube? Um, now is this the? They have like a week, don't they? Yeah, they had. A, they had. A, I think it's a couple of weeks or whatever. But um, so you had a few of the best English teams, a, a few of the best uh, Irish teams, and or a couple of Irish teams, and a few South Africans and New Zealand teams, Australian, all the rest of it. Oh anyway. no, I've, I've not seen any of that. Oh. Gray College, just I, I, wa- I watched a clip of Gray's College playing against I think it might be Hartbury, which who, who were like really really good, yeah, and they just absolutely battered them. 
I'm going to say something which... They're fri- they were frightening. Probably people are going to think I'm um, a bit nuts for saying this or in- engaging in you know, doubling in politics rather than rugby, but do you think there's any kind of... There's any mileage in thinking that the South African culture and the hardness of that culture is what is benefiting it, its rugby, particularly in schools. So you see schools now worrying about, like, head-high tackles, worrying about Alison Pollock, worrying about getting sued, worrying about safeguarding. That sort of attitude has to rub off on the kids and has to rub off on the school's programmes. I don't know what it's like in South, South Africa, but looking at the old pictures of, say, oh, I don't know, Duan van der Merwe, uh, <laughs> it doesn't look as if they are that bothered by anything else other than winning, other than winning <laughs> rugby games. And that, that has to make a difference. I think it does seem like a logical conclusion from the data that's available. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's, it's hard not to agree with you, that. If you want to see some frightening 17-year-olds, just watch Gray's co- just type in Gray's College on YouTube. Uh, do, do it now while you're watching what you Just go onto YouTube and type in Gray's College. Is it just like 15 Evan Ruses? It is. There's there's one there's one try I saw where the tight head prop gasses the 15. Oh, nice. It's like he's massive, and you just vroom, gone. Yeah, I think it's just probably a culture that celebrates that kind of that kind of thing. Really? Extreme masculinity and strength, size. Well, it's just these giant Dutchmen, basically, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's South Africa is just a load. Yep, yeah, pretty much. Speaking of which, the rugby. Oh no, that's international rugby. We'll have to touch oh, on the rugby next, Europe Championship. Next time. Anyone watch um, Gloucester? The Friday night. Oh, can we just... Uh, sorry, before we depart mm. this, I just I just want to ask you a question, because Super Saturday is JB's last game of rugby ever. It looks like it. Against, against LSH? No, we've got no. LSH. We have got West Park St. Helens. Right, OK, so uh, okay. JB's last game of rugby ever is on Super Saturday. Should we make a massive day of it at Didsbury? Should absolutely make a ma- every day is a massive day at Didsbury. <laughs> no, no, but we can yeah, make a, yeah. we can make a big old day of it at Didsbury. Yeah. And if if anyone if anyone happens to be nearby, yeah, or fa- fancies uh, watching some Six Nations game and JB's and last ever game of rugby, it'd be nice yes. to be appreciated. Wait, could we stri- could we get one of those VO cameras yeah, and and stream the game and me and Phil commentate on your last game I of think, rugby? I'm pretty sure everyone in our league has a VO camera now because we all we all share the footage, mm. well, so just, we, we we definitely have one. Potentially, could you ask your people at Didsbury, would they be able to set up a situation where they can stream the game and, and Phil and I commentate on your last ever game of rugby? <laughs> but, but perhaps. I would I w- enjoy that. I will just say this. Um, I don't want it to be my last game get, get game of rugby, but if the laws change and they change too much, I, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm just not going to play. Well, it, sounds, it sounds better doing that. Yeah. So, J- I, JB, I, J- so I don't want to be in a situation where... I can't play again because I've already said <laughs> my last game. But if if we could sort that out, that'd be fun, and then people could watch your last, your potential, your last game. Asterix may not be last game. Hopefully, people see sense and the law height doesn't get dropped mm. uh, overly. But uh, if it is your last game, wouldn't that be cool? If uh, it'd be great, if it was streamed watching, yeah. to the world and me and Phil were commentating on it, and yeah, people people were, ch- people were chipping in, listeners I mean, were chipping in. I'm not sure. We'll upset people because um, I know Nick Mullins would want to do that game. <laughs> hey, if Nick Mullins is free, and wants to, to come up because <laughs> it's Super Saturday. I'm sure he'd probably just say, "Look, do you know what? Give the give the England gig to someone else." Yeah, England, I mean, so we, could, we could do the England gig. He can do the talk H. We'll gig. do England Island. Yes, Nick, you can. F- I know. Yeah. What I, I know what he'd want to do. I mean, maybe he's got you know, <laughs> contractual obligations and whatnot. Thing is, with the Six Nations, will wait around for 
for, for, for him. It's not <laughs> like he's in danger. It's not like he's going to give up his shirt and someone's going to do a better job. So he could actually do talk H and then go and return to Six Nations at another time. Mm. Yeah. Easy. Or alternatively, you know, just... He could do... He could do England v Ireland, Ireland's Grand Slam game against England on Patrick's St Patrick's Day weekend. He could do that from a, t- a shipping container at Didsbury Tock H after your match. Exactly right. We've got many shipping containers. It'd be fine. <laughs> All right, watch this space on that one. That'd be great. Yeah, if you want to come down. So um, Gloucester. Oh yeah, getting Gloucester. Get in Gloucester. Well Get done, in Gloucester. Gloucester. They needed that. Good didn't win. They? they needed that because this this puts Quinns down in seventh place. Yeah, mad. And Gloucester up into fourth place. You mean um, level fifth? Or, or, all joint, really joint fourth. Everyone, yeah. uh, or even joint third. Everyone is. <clears throat> yeah, great win. Great win for Gloucester. So, I'm trying to remember this game. Do you when everything merges into one? Gloucester got two driving walls? There was, was one driving wall. Quinn's got, so Quinn's Gloucester, got one. Gloucester got the first one. Then Quinn's got one. I think all of the rest of Gloucester's were... Um, as kick, as kick so across. That was for Thorley's. Yep. There was the Santiago Carreras, and then there was the Carreras kind of offload for Lewis Reece Summit. So it was it was only one driving mall for Gloucester. Ah. Yeah, I love Gloucester. I love Gloucester. <clears throat> if I could pick a team that I'd want to win the Premiership this year, it would be Gloucester. Mm. Well, that, that, that just purely... The Ed Slater connection is why mm. I'd, I'd want them to. But they are a fantastic club, and they've, they're really pushing on. Love the way they play. Hard, gnarly pack, and some absolute ballers out wide. Santi Carreras at 10. He's outrageous. He is He's ridiculous. so, so And they didn't talented. even know he was good. That's hilarious. Like, a year. It's only a year to realise that he it's was... It's mad. Like, Argentina was starting at 10, and, and George Skivington actually did admit in a, in, a, in a BT Sport interview when he played there once, he said, we've never run him at 10, even in practice. <laughs> <laughs> what? This was, like, only a couple of months it ago. It does show, doesn't it? Like, One uh, of the world's I mean, best ends. Yeah. But I'm not going to say Skivington is in this um, category, because he's obviously quite a brilliant coach. But... There's clearly a lot of directors of rugby who yeah, overlook things, shall we say. The fact that Mike Brown has not been picked up by anybody, mm. anybody, is amazing. Mm. And the fact that another director of rugby... Ha- I mean, how much money do they spend on recruiting world-class tens? I mean, I would suspect that someone like Leicester Tigers, to get to Andre Pollard, would have looked at literally thousands of tens. And Gloucester have one on their wing. Just just on their wing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's there. That, that guy there. He's brilliant. He's so, good. so they do miss things occasionally. These dear was they're not the all-seeing geniuses that we think. Mm-hmm. But they weave a nice narrative when they win things. Oh yeah. Oh, I can't wait to get onto narrative weaving when we talk about Newcastle, uh, Bristol. <laughs> That's a narrative I, I love to weave. Well, go on, talk about Newcastle, Bristol, and narrative weaving. Well, just before we do, where are Gloucester in the table now? Fourth, fourth. Yeah. And come Quin- on, Gloucester. And Quinns are in seventh. Although there are. There's three points separating the, the two of them. So I had a call this week with a guy who's doing a dissertation on salary caps. Interesting. So he wanted to know my views on things. God knows why, but he did. And um, obviously I gave him the simultaneous multi-round auction idea. Yeah. Classic. But when I was reflecting on the conversation, I was thinking, like, this is the reason I love salary caps so much. And in particular, I love the premiership so much. Because even though this year has been awful for premiership rugby, you know, objectively with two teams going and players leaving every single team has such a distinct identity now because they have to have one otherwise they lose so you need to work out what you're leaving out what you're putting in and how your team plays Gloucester is such a good example Mm -hmm. Uh, of this and maybe the worst example of it is Bristol 
Well, James Sage, contact TedChasers at gmail.com, and he was highlighting the, the the closeness of everyone in the league and says, as a Bears fan, I doubt we can mount a run to the top six, but um, I feel seventh or eighth is certainly in our grasp with more home than away games. But given our form to date, my money won't be given to the bookies. I'm intrigued that people now question the speculation over Pat Lamb. Now is the obvious time as the remainder of his contract has the option of a break clause at the end of the season. Oh. I was not aware no. of this. I've, I mean, that makes a lot of, lot of sense rather than just give him a carte blanche eight-year deal or whatever it was. Oh, so there's a, there you go. That That's makes, a bit of... Thank you, James. If that, that, that makes a lot of sense. So did I talk last week about my feelings on directors of rugby? And who should be a director of rugby in the Premiership and who should not be a director of rugby in the, in the Premiership? You'd, you, I feel like you've spoken about it in the past, but go on. Yeah, well, give us the headline. Yeah, repeat. Headline is, the Premiership is full of the greatest coaching teams <clears throat> in the world, or best up-and-coming coaches in, in, in the world, because they have to be. You know, there is nowhere in the Premiership side. You can't just come into Premiership like, say, Rassing and create your own squad. Oh, yeah, you talked about Razzie. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was yeah, in the context yeah, yeah. of the Leicester job. So yeah. why yeah. would a Razzie or, or a Chica checker. or yeah. any international coach... Straight, uh, risk his reputation going to the Premiership where you've got to yes. every single year you've got you to talk, reinforce you did talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah. well Pat, Pat Lamb's a great example because yes. he was like he had one of the best reputations in the world I think he was um, the most expensive or one of the most expensive um, coaches in the world when he signed for Bristol because of what he'd done at Connacht yeah and I actually think looking back at it it was the right appointment I mean it's obviously the right appointment because they did quite well for a few years and Pat Lamb had earned he had earned that. Yeah, you, you don't yeah. Win he definitely a, like winning it with Connacht is a hell of a story. It's a hell of a um, result. But I think he's got lazy. I just think he's lost lost his way. Well, so I think it's. I don't think it's laziness. I think he's underappreciated the constraints of the salary cap. Yeah, and he, he's put too many eggs in. Well, too few baskets, not one basket. But to have so much of his salary cap tied up in Piatau Radrandra. Luatua, um, Vui, Genge and Sinclair. Yeah. So, and, to ha- and to have Sheedy and McGinty I mean, yeah, It makes no sense, does it? Yeah, to have, to have both of those. But to, uh, let's, say, let's say those eight players, because naming Sheedy and McGinty, they're, they're on a pretty penny too. But on those eight players, I bet they, they take up more than half his salary cap. Yeah. So that's what he's, he's lost. Like, he has to make so many... The trade-offs elsewhere are so big that mm. he's misbalanced, he's, he's inadequately balanced his squad. Pat Lam would be a winning coach again if he could spend whatever he wanted. And with his owners, he probably could spend <clears throat> whatever he wanted if the salary cap wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. That's not, but that's not the game. It's not the game. No. You know, he's got this weird style of play that doesn't seem to be effective a- anymore. And I think it's because teams have, wor- teams well, have worked him out. I'm just, looking at, I'm just looking at their scores again, and it's... Bear, I know they are a little bit off of that seven. So going back to November in the Premiership, they lost by one uh, six uh, six points to Gloucester away. Lost by five points to Sale away. Mm. Drew with Leicester. Um, they narrowly beat Quinns. Lost to Irish. Didn't get close. Um, lost by a point away to Saracens. But that, do you know what that tells me? Uh, so so that tells me they can't manage tight games, and that is a fundamental flaw. Well. Because in the Premiership, all the games are tight. Mm. So when you get you know, these, you know, like today's game, uh, Leicester versus... Sorry, so that's a, a six-point game. 
And the, the team that won that was the team able to dog it out. And let, Bristol don't have that. They play in a different way. I get what you're saying, but I, I would also say that that this it does just highlight the margins are very small, and it could mm. just be a it it could be a, a very small thing, which is the difference between two of those wins go different two of those games go differently those four tight defeats they've had in the league since or the one draw and the four tight defeats since November two or three of those go the other way and they're looking in a very different place well they'd be London Irish wouldn't they they'd be playing yeah. I mean that's how yeah, they, yeah. they kind of want to play that sort of free-flowing expansive rugby um, and that's what that's the difference between Gloucester of this year and previous years so mm. I, I agree with you that if Pat Lamb if there was no salary cap and Pat Lamb had all Steve Landerthal's money to play with, he'd be a great coach, or he would create a great team. Mm. Now, interestingly, he didn't have that with Connacht. No, he won, yeah. he won no, the no, URC at Connacht. The inter- so this is where I think he's, he's not understood the brief of the salary cap correctly, misaligned. Now, what I would actually love to see, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see him keep, keep his job, have a three, four-year plan, rebuild this team. Now, I don't, th- I don't think this is going to happen, but this would be the test of the man. If he could rebuild this team, get rid of some of those, or rebalance the squad so it is more even rather than the haves and the have-nots, and then mount another title surge. Even so, if he didn't win yeah, it. So Randrandra's going be... and Ravuvu is coming in, uh, who is a just new to the international game with Fiji but he's a he's an inside center for Fiji mm. and that's that's a bit more like that feels like playing the salary cap because mm. you're probably getting Ravuvu for a fifth of the money that yes. they've got for yes. Ranrandra yes yeah, I, the whole squad feels like it's <clears throat> aged at the same time yeah it does need it needs a lot of it's, work yeah it needs a lot of work now i don't think i don't think he will redo that but i think if he was give, if he assessed it correctly, corrected for his mistakes, and there are clear mistakes, I'd actually love to see Bristol rebuild under Pat Lamb and get them back to... He also finished them top of the league. He he did, yeah, yeah. Was was he last last year? uh, Second last? Yeah, or was it Worcester? Um, Yeah, but the year before, and he was 20... Not only did he win the league, um, finish top of the league, he was 28... Points to nil up in the semi-final yeah, after it. twenty. That's was, his sliding doors moment. Yeah, yeah, he was scoring at a point of a minute in the semi-final and lost it. Yes, that was the turning point. <clears throat> Devastating. Totally, totally. I, I think his five-year contact con- contract was the. Was, was the well, or was it Steve Borthwick? The argument on the touchline was that. Yeah, the you're point? a liar, Pat. Oh, I just don't <laughs> like that. I love, I love that. And he's still not really. That was class. I, I was thinking about this today. He's still not come back to us like he said he would. With the RFU report, I, I'm not. I've not even looked for this RFU report. Was it ever issued about what happened? Because his whole talking point was, and this is when I really got a feeling that I'm not sure I'm keen on this guy. Um, he's like, yeah, well, we just want the report because it will tell you exactly what happened. I was like, you can't lie to us. Mm. You've already lied to Borthwick um, and everyone else. And the, yeah, the... and now you're continuing this lie <clears throat> with, oh, the RFU will find us uh, innocent and we welcome the report. Well, I've never seen this this report. Uh, Again, this is not based on anything concrete. When I look at their signings, it strikes me that they're not doing their homework because it is easy to sign big name players. I mean, if you got your under 14s team, under 15s now, sorry, to do some signings, they would look very similar to Bristol signings. Genge, they? Sinclair, yeah. Andrandra. It's like, who, who's Charles. in the sticker book? Yeah, we'll have him, we'll have him. Yeah, yeah. yeah and they, they just don't seem to be doing the work. 
Whereas, you know, I, I hate to say that's Tigers because they're only one position above uh, above Bristol, but they are doing the work. Or who is who is another team that are very good at squeezing up? Like Saracens, they're bringing in lads you've never heard of because they're doing the work. I'm not sure that Bristol are, and that is, I mean, the coaching is one thing, but that squad construction. It just needs more attention. He looked like a bit of a genius when Henry Purdy was tearing it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Piers O'Connor. Piers O'Connor. O'Connor. Yeah, that's what he needs. He's Piers O'Connor's. Yeah. Uh, he needs that young lad, what's his name, who's disappeared now? The young genius, the Welsh young genius. Oh, Lloyd. Lloyd. Well, what's bench. happened to him? He's he dead. On the bench. Yeah. Apparently his brother's brilliant too. Jack. Have mm. you seen him play yet? Uh, no. Well, yeah, I think he might have played Premiership Cup or been on the bench. Oh, I'm not sure. Yeah, though, uh, yeah, Bring, really. Bringing through those and then getting the best out of Harry Thacker yeah. and then bringing Fitz Harding through. Like, that, that's the side he needs more of. Sam Jeffries. Yeah. Uh, there's a load of good things. That's what they need to be doing. Not signing bloody uh, Sinks and Genge and AJ. and it just, it just doesn't work. But they had a good win this week. Yeah, really good. Bonus point win Convincing. against, admittedly, a Newcastle... Team shedding all their players. And that was misfiring. The number of knock-ons from that Newcastle team was um, ridiculous. So, yeah, not a good good result, good to get the win. Bonus point uh, try in the 80-something. Right, I'm going to apologise immediately now to Palam because playing 12 for Bristol was James Williams. I really like James Williams. That is a clever pickup. Well done, Pat Lamb. I'll take it all all back. So very this, nice little player. Well, and this is where because he did it with Connor, because we've seen him do it to good effect previously with Bristol, but he's gone too far the other way. I want to see him have this rebuild. I want to see him pick up the next Piers O'Connor and bring the next Fitzhardin and Harry Randall through. Like maybe he's not. Maybe he's lost the step though. The whole thing. And that's what I, I mean by the Premiership being brutal. You've got to do it every single year. I mean, I wonder how um, Rob Baxter's going to deal with it. Mm. Because it must be really hard to have a great team and then have to start from scratch over again. Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine your career if you just had to start completely from scratch from the bottom. Because that's what you've got to do. Well, it's, it's, um, it's not completely from scratch, is it? Because he's got, he's got a load of good players. Mm. But he, he's got a... He's got to call time on some of the guys that he's brought all the way through to the top of the game, to international game and to winning European Cups from being kids and start again. For I, those. But he's, it's not like he's ripping up the entire squad. There'll be guys there, young guys in that, um, in that Exeter team, like, like Josh Hodge, for example, who I think is super, super talented. If you can just pack on a bit of mass, he will be a quality operator for many years for them. Good, good um, Geordie lad as well. Good Falcons lad. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, it's not quite the same as just ripping everything up, is it? I don't know. I don't know because I, it depends how you do it. Uh, my, my mind is thinking like, do you want to target? Should your target as a professional rugby team now be third every year? If you can, or no, playoffs every year because that's achievable, but that's consistent. But you then also have to accept that you probably won't win, but you'll be constantly in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Or you rip it all up. Finish bottom for a few years and then win it all in one go with a big gamble. That's the Tigers. Yeah. Now they, that wasn't a strategy. Um, well, it, was, it wasn't a long-term club strategy. It was well. But, but Borthwick said, Borthwick basically said, "I've got to get rid of a load of players. I've got to find out who's good, find out who's bad, get rid of the bad, keep the good, and then we're going to win it." Yeah. 
And now they're in the conundrum. Then, do they then try Borthwick, and hit? Borthwick's strategy, had he had stayed at Leicester, wouldn't have been rip it up, start again. They wouldn't have been peak and trough. Maybe it has to be, though. Yeah. And, <laughs> that, and that's but when... Sar- Saracens yeah. never did that. And that but but well, they were doing other things. Um, <laughs> but that's maybe when you lose your fast step, because, you know... You realise what needs to be done at the start and you're ruthless. And then you get comfortable, you win the title. And like, I can't get rid of all these guys. They're really good. But that's maybe what you need to do again. But then that, that's Free what... Free up the salary cap yeah, start again. That's why I think Baxter will come good as well. Because he has made those tough decisions. Yeah, I agree he, with that. He could, like, a, a lesser coach would have said, someone's going to pay Sam Simmons 500k, I'm going to pay him 520k. And Someone, someone's going to pay LCD 450k. I'll pay him 460k. Yeah. And then he suddenly has no money to bring through the kids. Yeah, and he's not done. So, do you know what the biggest news was for Exeter Chiefs this this week? The maybe, biggest news. Maybe the 60 cap rule could be going. Nailed it. Mm. That is the biggest news for them. In, and we will talk about that on the next pod. Because that's the core of their team. That is going to be the heartbeat of their pack for years. And if they keep the, those two, well, that, then the rebuild really is on. If they kill keep um, Daffy Jenkins and Jun- Chris Chizunza Ch- Ch- that, that will be massive because they, they've they've put a lot they've identified them they've put a lot of effort into them they are now international this players is six of your stomach they, they were happy to let um, Johnny Hill go as yeah. a consequence of knowing that they've got those two Sam Skinner Sam Skinner yeah do you know what though it makes me sick to my stomach to think that the Dragons reckon they're entitled to the to the talents of Jenkins and Shunder just because they li- they're in Wales, yeah, they're entitled to them. The arrogance of the Welsh uh, the Welsh Union is it's beyond comprehension. We can talk about that on the next podcast on the URC. Uh, Munster absolutely panned Ospreys. Glasgow with a very depleted team beat oh. beat your proud Ulsterman who had quite a strong team out. Yeah, um, Ulster are uh, still in contention. Yeah, but it would. We've really been struggling recently. We had a yeah. great start to the season and everything has just ground to a bit of a halt. The South African teams play, <coughs> played each other. Um, Connacht beat Zebra. Scarlet's had a good win against Edinburgh. Cardiff had a good win at home to Benetton. Yeah, Lent- JB, your beloved Benetton. Smashed by Lent- Cardiff. Pan- Get in. Lent- Pan- oh no, that's terrible. <laughs> Get in. <laughs> so <laughs> we le- that leaves um, the top four. Uh, Leinster, Stormers... Ulster, Glasgow, uh, and the uh, the Welsh teams uh, in ninth, twelfth, thirteenth, and fifteenth out of sixteen. Mm. Um, did anyone see BT Sport today? Uh, rugby tonight. Yeah. No. Talk to me. It was simply put one of the best demonstrations of rugby I have seen mm. on TV. It was Jamie Roberts and, and Bod. It, it was so good. Like nice. some of these demonstrations. Nice, nice combo. Two thousand nine oh. starting. Uh, yeah, Lions Centre partnership. Not, not not in the deciding test. Not in the in the, uh, in the other. T- in the in the first two tests, yes. Yeah. So they um they run through the basics of inside and outside centre play together and how they help each other out and dovetail. And some of these walkthroughs are just a little bit of a waste of time, aren't they? There's no detail. It, honestly, watch it. I, I, I that's the that's what we need. We need that sort of stuff all of the time. Mm. It was honestly brilliant. When you get these stars doing it, the Sam Warburton breakdown one was amazing as well. Yeah, mm. yeah. And like, I, I guess it is hard to recreate this all the time. Like, I remember Chris Pennell telling me um, about how he plays fullback and how he tries to manipulate with his positioning what the fly half will do by coming flat to the line to bait him into kicking to then 
dropping back. And then I think Mark Atkinson was telling me that they do the same thing, but they like to kick from they like to kick from twelve because the the fullback is sort of baiting for the kick. And then if you've got a kicking twelve, if, the, if you pass it out one, he might drop back. And then you know, there's all sorts of games. That's the sort of detail that you need because that's the thing which you know, particularly sports nerds and men sitting at home who love the sport and want to know more about. That is the thing that they absolutely thrive off. You look at the, the NFL. And or, the, or kids who are watching. Yeah. Like those details, that insight for a, 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 an under-15 watching is invaluable. Do you know, I had a coaching session when I was about 15 or 16. And it was with a rugby league coach. And it's the first time. So I played rugby. No, maybe a bit, maybe a bit older. Maybe I was sort of, yeah, maybe I was sort of like 18, 19, right? And I've been playing rugby uh, a, a while by then. No one had ever taught me unders and overs lines, ever. Just really? ne- never heard of it. And this rugby league coach did a, um, a session, and there must have only be eight people that showed up. It was pouring with rain. We did unders and overs. It changed my game mm. ever. Unders ever. and overs is so important. It's so important. And, you know, and so they were basically doing a version of overs and unders, but with so much more detail. And you know, talking about the hips and how they have to move players and fix them. Mm. And, you know, that is exactly the content that, that we need. It's brilliant. So was it, when I used to play centre... One of my favourite things was running an un- overs to under or unders to over line. So you'd, for your first kind of three steps... One way. You're going one way and you go quite hard. And I, it, it always works better. Overs first. So you start, yeah, this is my you start drifting. So your opposite man sees you drifting, starts drifting, and then he's looking at where the ball's coming. Exactly right. And you hit the unders line and just get that inside shoulder because he's going out as you're just coming in. Just get the, the weak yeah. arm. And for 12 or 13, the, the best move for it is it's so it's such an old school move. It, you never see it these days in at high level, but it's probably still quite effective at low level, is DSP. If you, if you run, you're basically, you start off in the 13 channel, running the same outside arc as the 10 who's going across, and then you just cut back in last minute, you've, your last kind of three steps, always, always find so, a soft So you're, soft you're at 13 and he dummy switches the 12 and then... Dummy switches 12. And then you hit the hard line. Hit the hard line late. in, because your 13 has already yep. gone out, and, yeah. the, and the 12 has stepped in to mark his 12, yeah. so it creates... Uh, you. It Everyone's work. drifting one way and you're going yeah. back so against the green. It wouldn't work at no. high, high level because of the defensive setups. Whereas at, at lower level, in particular as a kid, it used to work brilliantly because you just mark mark your man it, uh, at 12-13. So a good overs to unders line still always works. Yeah. Because you, you win on two, two ways. You either win because the, the defender follows you out and then you've got a massive hole. Or you'd... Or you win because he's not he's not watching you when you sl- like slam into the line. Yeah, it, it, it works both, both ways. And I tell you the other thing which people don't talk about enough is the extra distance you travel by going over to under allows you to regulate your speed. Mm. So if you're just going straight, you've completely got to get, agree with that. Yeah, yeah, you've got to get your timing bang on. But if you go out to in, you can sort of drift out a little bit, and then and then you and then, and then you speed up. Yeah, you've got more time to pick your line and go faster when you hit that line as well. Yeah. Because you've delayed your um, your need to accelerate. There was one bit which I'm like, I'm not sure that's going to work for me. And what they were doing is, Bod would get the ball, he'd be playing 12, and this is, I think, a Lions move that they, that, that, that they were running, and Ireland ran it all the time. And then Jamie Roberts would come hard on this ball, and it's, he, instead of giving it to Jamie Roberts, he would then pop it out the back to would you believe it, a looping Johnny Sexton? No yeah. way. Yeah, so it's a real... I've never 
Did they run that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And Bod says, the secret to this is to make Jamie think he's getting the ball. Yeah. Jamie yeah. thinks he's getting the ball. The opposition will think he's getting the ball. Now, I'm not even funny. If I thought I was getting that ball, my hands would be everywhere. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you don't. You want to make sure that I know I'm not getting that ball because otherwise, I'm going to be knocking it on. I'm going to be reaching behind me for it. I'm going to be no, no. Um, it was the um, centre for the deciding test because the deciding test was the second test. Oh, quite right. <laughs> so, yeah. For Bod's final test. For the final. For, for Bod's the... final game for the Lions. Well, no, because he played what in 2013. Oh, yes. He did, but he, that was the... Bod was dropped for the deciding test, wasn't he? That That's the one I was thinking you meant. For, for Jonathan yeah. Davis. Yes. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. For JD, that's it. But yeah, they played the first two tests in 2009. Yes, you're right. Well. God, yeah, wow. In the well, South Africa. Well, well, Yes. I think we're done. Uh, quick, quick, quick look at the fixtures for next week. Oh, good question. Whoever uh, Tok H got? Oh, Super Ruby starts again next week. Tok H have got... Oh. We've got Old Winnians. So... Home or away? Home. I don't know if I spoke about Old, old Winnings before. Mm-hmm. I massively rate Old Winnings. Mm-hmm. Massively rate them. Good club. Oh, tough, tough club. Tough club. Yeah, that is... It's never an easy game. And when you need to win these games, literally the last team in the world we want to see is Old Winnings. <laughs> I'd rather play... I'd rather play... It, you know, the. I'd rather play LSH, Widness... Or Tarleton than play Winnie's this week. What about South Africa? Uh, yeah, I'd rather take on South Africa. <laughs> I reckon South Africa would come with less attitude than Winnie's. <laughs> oh, get this. So I was just looking. Um, my boys, Nola, Go- Nola Gold, went, oh, yeah. went down in their opening MLR game. They can get put that right against the Houston Sabercats. But uh, New York Rugby Club have changed. have got a nickname now. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. New York Ironworkers. Ooh, I like that. I do quite like that as well. Iron workers. It Ooh. conjures up the image of Ooh. the blokes sitting having lunch on the yeah, steelwork the RSJ when the um, the Empire State. Oh, those were built. proper men. Those were real men. Real men. They've oh god, they, they're insane. Oh, actually, they, just, they really just, are insane. Just, one of my one of my favourite stats in the world is um, the time it took to build the Empire State Building was just over a year. Four hundred days, four hundred five days, something oh my like that. Goodness, which is, uh, and then you look absolutely... at Crossrail in twenty twenty three and uh, oh. Wembley Stadium. All right, don't before we go. Don't. Got quick... of, you'll get me started. <laughs> lots of complex reasons, um, not all of which I agree with, but um, it's absolutely remarkable. The um, the Chrysler Building and the Empire State Building, where those yeah. two were built, is wow. So I'm going to read you a list of names before we go. Right, list of names, and I want you to tell me what these names are. Okay, so Greater Manchester Fire Brigade. Okay, HM Prison Hindley. Is this a rugby league teams in a rugby league? These are similar. So I looked up today, um, which teams are. I thought I knew the teams in like in like. In Lancashire. Oh, okay. I do not know the teams in Lancashire. How many teams are there in Lancashire? 87. Right, okay. So, including these teams, anti-assassins? I thought they were... Yeah, like a... Is that the Stuart Lancaster one? Charity team. Charity. Stuart Um, Lancaster has something to do with them, or had something to do with them. I think he does, or did. Eagle. Don't know Eagle. I I, I don't want to offend the people of Eagle, or the town of Eagle. 
Um, but I, uh, I, I think I think that's a pub. <laughs> um, East City Saints. East. No nope. idea. Edge Hill University. How many city East City Saints? Edge Hill yeah. University is Liverpool. Yep. Yeah. But they're affiliated to, Lan- to Lancashire. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Well, yeah, what Liverpool's yeah, in Lancashire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, England, England Fire Service. I don't know why they're here. Greater Manchester Fire Service, Greater Manchester Police, yeah. Mm-hmm. HM Prison Hindley. Lancashire Constabulary, which is obviously a different um, police force. force, is it? Yeah. The Leyland Warriors. I've never heard of them. <laughs> no. Uh, Manchester Medics. Manchester YMCA. Huh? Mm. Don't know. Actually play. Got no idea, but they're here, and they they are different to Manchester Spartans. Now I've heard of Oral. Yes, I've never heard of Oral Saint James. Have you heard of Oral Saint? Yeah, I think I have heard. Have you? Saint James is was what Northampton were called before they were Northampton. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, Mm, maybe an old school or Saint Edward's Old Boys. Never heard of them. Nope. So yeah, there's um. What are the fixtures this weekend, Phil? Friday night. We have the West Country Derby at the Wreck, Bath versus Bristol. Oh, it's a great spectacle. I might, I'm at Cardiff on Saturday. I might Ooh. go to that game on Friday night if you can get tickets or accreditation. Oh, I'll be able to get. Yeah, tickets. I'll be able to. Yeah, you'll be able to get in. Yeah, yeah. It's in fact, I'll just if it's if it's a BT game, I'll just yeah. I'll great game to be at that. Can um, I come and make tea for Doyler? So, Bath will be without um, Ollie Lawrence. Um, Probably without Ted Hill. Is he injured? There's no other reason why you'd not play him because he's so... JB's boy, Max Ajoma, will come back and tear it up. I'd have, I'd have thought so. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go for Bristol. Yeah, give me Bristol. Because they, they're they losing uh, fewer players, I think. Mm. Then on Saturday, we have Saracens hosting Falcons, which will be Saracens. a big home win. Saints hosting Gloucester. Oh, third v fourth. Third fourth, yeah. Oh, I'm going <clears> to. <throat> I'm going to go. Saints at home. Yeah, probably. Although Gloucester's pack actually matches up really well against Northampton, I'm going to go Gloucester. They're going to bully Saints. Have you seen that Jake Pledry's out of the Six Nations? I know. As well? How? I know. Shoulder injury. So he came off with three minutes to go yeah. against. England. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Rubbish. Yeah, give me Gloucester. Then Irish host Tigers. Mmm. <clears throat> Tigers team looked good. They did. I, and they got got options as well to come in. Yeah, they do. Uh, Even though they're losing oh, players. That's so hard to pick. I'll go, I'll just go Irish out of yeah. sentimentality. Come on, Irish. Come on, Irish. Come on, you Irish for the top four. And then on Sunday we have JB's beloved sale, Travel. To Tony Rose, Exeter, Exeter achieves. Uh, well, judging by the Premiership Cup semi, <coughs> Exeter, surely. Well, I think it'll be a different matter of sale. Mm. Although Tom Curry is back with England, which anyway, uh, that leads us on to the international podcast. It certainly Which does. will be in your feed. Let the boys play. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, 
edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 